It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Hey, now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. Welcome on in to episode 113. We are here, as always, and ready for our sort of state preview, sectional preview, regional preview. We always, Joe and I always go back and forth on the best way to do this, and we've decided this time we are going to start out talking about some news. Um, some of you probably saw that the Illinois High School Association announced their tentative schedule for this new three-day state finals, one-weekend deal. We're going to talk about that. Then we are going to go through 10 regional games that we would like to discuss, maybe some other topics in there, but kind of the 10 games that look the best to us right now. And then we are going to kind of fast forward to Joe and I making our long-range Peoria picks, which is always fun. And I think is, at least for one class, we have a lot more disagreements than normal, um, I would say. So, start yeah, off. The, yeah, that news with the coming out with the state format changing. It's been in the works, or we've it's been expected, but now it's been finalized to a degree in terms of the schedule of the, you know, the merger of the one A two A with three A four A, all played on one weekend. That was, you know, what we're waiting for to see how it would. There's been discussion about how it's going to look, and now we know, I guess, what it looks like. And I did break at the break beginning? it down a little yeah. bit. Yeah, the, um, the regional because it gets a little weird right away. Yeah. The Saturday. Yeah. So basically, last Saturday of of the, it'll be interesting to see how teams schedule now, because right now teams play, they've pushed their games mostly off of the Friday, Saturday, the final weekend of the regular season, and played more on the Wednesday, Thursday to, to give them more time to prepare for Monday, Tuesday regional games. Well, now the regional opener for a lot of teams, you know, those play-in quarterfinal games will all be on Saturday at the higher-seeded team's gym, which is kind of odd, I think. On a Saturday, I'm not really sure why they did it. It'd be interesting to hear why they decided to do on a Saturday instead of just playing on a Monday, uh, like it is now. Because they also, with that, if you notice, you know, regional semifinal games are a little bit different now. Some, if you notice, will play two games on one night, some will play Tuesday, Wednesday. It looks like with this schedule, Mike, that it's going to be all semifinal games everybody will play on the same day on that Wednesday well in all four classes right that is a ton of games that's almost every high school team yeah good wonder if they have enough refs I know seriously that's what I was thinking <laughs> when I looked at that I mean that looks that's nuts I mean I don't... Yeah, it, it, it is a lot I, I don't like it just from I like to go to a couple of different games you know on Tuesday Wednesday yeah yeah uh, I, I think it also creates more games played during the week. I think it creates more excitement with following it. You know, instead of shutting it down, I think everybody likes to scoreboard watch and okay, who won Tuesday night and who's playing Wednesday night. And you know, I, I just think it keeps it going. 
So I don't like the I don't like the Saturday or the Wednesday. So we're I think it is more fair. Probably. That they all play Wednesday. Though, you know, they've played typically the higher seeded team on Tuesday and yeah. which I kinda don't mind. They earned the right to be the higher seed. They get to win, and they get to go scout and see the team play Wednesday. Well, the one seed is higher, but the two seed is playing after the eight seed, too. Yeah. So, so uh, I'm not sure that I, holds. But, yeah, I, do, I think it's weird. I, I don't I don't know. You know. Why did that have to change? Why couldn't it just be the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday we've had? Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Especially when you think about it we're essentially losing a day of the regular season and we're already losing a week. Right. You know, for the three, a four, a, cause this would have been two weeks ago. I mean, the few coaches I talked to, it was unanimous with the, I don't know, six, seven coaches about the sat. They didn't get the Saturday thing. They didn't like the Saturday thing. It didn't make sense to them. It was a minor, but you know, yes or no, it was a, it was a no. I have a, a, a possible reason. I'm just this just came to my mind. I could be totally wrong. Since the Saturday games are the better seed hosting, it will be travel. a last minute thing, and oh. and because of travel and gym schedules and what could be there, maybe Saturday they know at some point they'll be able to play that game, whether it be afternoon, evening, or night. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't um, know. I'm just spitballing here. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it, anyway, it's interesting. I'm, I'm sure we could get an answer to that question. I'm sure they have – because clearly the IHSA has not liked doing this before Saturday stuff. But, anyway, we'll get into <laughs> – wow. <laughs> we, we could spend 20 minutes on we, – we've only gotten to the regionals. Quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so then – I mean, but it's just – to me it's kind of epic how, like – like all those games are Wednesday, and then Friday is going to be every regional championship, one A right. through four A. I mean, that's going to be quite a night. I mean, my notebook that night, I'm going to need. It's going to take three hours. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Um, well, yeah. well, backtrack real quick. The original idea of all four classes. I think we've discussed it in the past, in the podcast. Do, do you do you like it? I mean, do you like the idea of combining them all? Just yes or no. <laughs> you know. I wouldn't, in the past, I would never have wanted to do it. But at this point, I'm for it, yes. However, with a move to Champagne, I think it, I might have liked to have seen how it was keeping it the old way. With the move to Champagne. Yeah, if that happens. <laughs> all right. However, you know what? No, I take it all back. Yes, I'm in favor of it because I need to get the heck away from the NCAA tournament. So, yes. That yeah, that that's another factor, and we're jumping all around here, and and I'm jumping around to another thing right now because you brought up champagne. So, I went to Champagne this weekend, uh, and how did you go like to I, Champagne this weekend when you wrote like nine thousand words? That, that wow. is true. <laughs> My impressed. Saturday was yeah. literally writing from. I think you and I were texting in the morning. And I think I sent my final text like at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> wow. So that was a fun Saturday. Oh, you went to the uh, game. Oh, okay. Sunday I went yeah. to the Illinois Indiana game. So I've been down there before. I mean, it's not like I, I mean, I've been down there <laughs> yeah. multiple times. But 
I, I never really took it in and when I was driving through everything and, and in terms of the state tournament and it, it's, it has to go there. I mean, I mean, downtown Champaign is, is really kind of changed over the years. There's a lot more restaurants and bars, uh, you know, there's new hotels down there with the Hyatt and the I Hotel. You know, it, it just has to change. The, the, I'm just looking at everything. I'm like, holy cow, restaurants and bars and just, you know, watering holes for people to go and and so I, I just it's going to be much better there. And I'm I'm just assuming it's going to be there. I, I can't imagine it staying in Peoria. That's just my own opinion. And for all the different things we've talked about with their announcement in April and all that. And then you get to the arena, and the arena's beautiful. I mean, it, it, it's all redone. Uh, a gazillion dollars they, they pumped into State Farm Center. And it's just such a different animal compared to Carver Arena. And I, I envisioned, you know, the high school teams being able to play in there. And for years and years, it was such a iconic moment for coaches that they talk about walking into Assembly Hall. And it's just such a different aura with that arena. So I'm just saying, everything I took in this yesterday on Sunday, it was clear to me that it's an obvious move to Champaign. Yeah, totally agreed. Back to the format. I have not been to the new arena yet. Well, since it's totally done. I was in there and like, but I've been to Champaign quite a bit because of state football gone there for some concerts too over the last couple of years and yeah the downtown to me that's the biggest improvement th- they've made you know other than the arena you're totally right about that it is just a completely different feel than a decade ago right um sectionals back, new sectionals yes <laughs> not not much changed with the sectional day i mean it didn't really change other than they're all playing the same nights tuesday wednesday will be the semifinal games and then the friday will be the championship games uh, but again, we are talking moved up a week. And, you know, even with that Friday championship night of sectional games, I know it's not the NCAA tournament, but it is, you know, Big Ten tournament and, you know, things like that going on. So, again, I, I think the, the dates changing and pushing and moving up are, are a huge plus. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and yeah, that sectional week's the same for everybody who's wondering, is not looking at this, so not much need to talk about there. But then the super sectional, we do have a change. Those are going to be on Mondays instead of Tuesdays. That's the one thing in the schedule I kind of saw coming because the state tournament's starting on Thursday instead of Friday. But, but couldn't you have done 1A, 2A supers on Monday and 3A, 4A supers no, on Tuesday? They don't. They The week is already insane with just those the the Wednesday they need they need all those days. There's like the whole press conference days that they make because you know, the they have the banquet the night before all that kind of stuff. Um, but I wonder if they'll bring down. I mean, they're not going to bring three a four a down on Wednesday, are they? I would think. Well, I would think not. But that means they still need to do all that banquet night before stuff on Thursday while the one a two a stuff's going on. I, I think they must. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it's a really packed schedule in between. So I figured that game was going to go back to Monday. Um, I don't know if there's any difference really as far as for fans or for fans for what, if it's on Monday or Tuesday, right? 
Yeah, because I thought one A two A doesn't really cross over much with three A four A. I mean, brand wise, um, the Monday Super Sectionals. I have no problem with that. Totally fine. Um, makes sense. And then now, so now we get into the nitty gritty. What's going to happen those two days? It starts early. Right. Yeah, that's, that's my. Fr- I, I sound like I'm complaining about a lot of it, which I, I kind of am. I don't like 10 a.m. semifinal games, the biggest games of the year, up to that point at 10 a.m. Um, but yeah, so 1A on Thursday, 1A semifinal games, first one's 10 a.m., followed by the next one is 20 Basically minutes noon. after the first game. Yeah. yeah. So 10 to noon. And then 2.30 is the 2A semifinal. So you look at 3, 3, about 4.30, 2.30 and 4.30 are – the two two A semifinal games, and then the losers come back and play Thursday night. All right, seven p.m. third place game, and roughly nine p.m. Woohoo, that'd be fun. Nine p.m. <laughs> third place game. So, and they repeat the exact same schedule for three A and four A on Friday. Now, my problem, and this is the immediate. I put that story out. Got a lot of texts, emails, Twitter, you know, mentions. I was, the, the, you know, the one thing that struck me with the the comments from people, Mike? What? Was the number of people that told me, hey, my group of guys, or hey, my buddies and I, or hey, we go down after work. We leave work early on. This is the old state tournament, the current state tournament format. We leave work early or take a half a day or whatever it might be and we get down there for the Friday night games and then we stay for the weekend a lot of people told me this well that that's not happening now the semifinals are at 2.30 and you're, you know if you're under that current system what, what's that first semifinal game start 6.15 6 oh 6.30 more like 5.36 yeah so I I just, I, I, and to me, it could have all been worked. I don't understand why they don't play the consolation games that, let's be blunt, very few people care about other than the participating schools. And a lot of times those schools don't even have the same fans that came come to that game as they did, you know, the first semifinal game. But why we couldn't have played those games on the following morning. So the Thursday consolation, you know, the games are played for 1A, 2A on Friday morning. And then the 3A, 4A consolation games are played Saturday morning, which then pushes back. I, I just think it's crazy that the big, like we're not using the Thursday night or Friday night for real games. I, I hate it. I know it's good for Michael Bryan and his getting his stories done on time and and promoting the future of, of, of the games that be played in the tournament. But, I mean, I, I, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't like it. Um, I don't like that the consolation games are the primetime games, quote-unquote, with on TV. and every, I don't like it. So that's my biggest beef with the whole thing is Saturday's great. We get into Saturday. 
you got four state championship games. Pretty fun. Starting at fun 11. Day. A fun day of high school basketball. I just don't like consolation games being played in that those those night games, the history that every, I, it's just yeah, does nothing for me. Um meanwhile we're playing semifinal games that mean everything at 10 a.m. <laughs> Roll out of bed, get breakfast, and go play your 10 a.m. game. Very AAU style. I, I don't like it at all. And I, and I like the concept and the idea. I do. There's a lot of hiccups, I think, with the format. I, I mentioned that and I wrote, I think, 1A, 2A fans. I, you know, a lot of them are going to be traveling from a little far away. And you go watch your team play Thursday. I mean, you're. you're they're not staying, the majority of them, right? No, you, you could play at 10 a.m. on Thursday and then not and then at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Or one. Yeah. yeah. So, no, there's no reason to stay there. I think this whole thing was clearly built without even worrying about who was going to come Thursday and Friday. I mean, they'll have big crowds on Saturday. I think a lot of people will make a one-day trip. Yeah. I just... It's real simple. This doesn't take a brain surgeon. Saturday's schedule is fine, and it's what we all want. Make that the same for Thursday and Friday, and go play your third-place games at Champagne's Centennial. <laughs> or, or anywhere you want, if you want to have these things. Well, no, you can still have them at the arena. Then, then you risk getting backed up on your title game day when you want things. That's the problem. If you Okay, no. Mike, you, go play them at 9 a.m. then. You could still get backed up. No. Nine, then 8 a.m. I don't care. I think they'd rather play it at State Farm Center at 8 a.m. than Champagne Centennial. The fact that we're moving this the state's jewel around third place games is ridiculous. But what I'm saying is 9 to 11 a.m. The, 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 the semis don't start till, or, till 2.30 anyway. You play at 9, 11 a.m. and not starting until 2.30. And, and no, you can back them up later. You don't even have to. I mean, play later then. I, I, I just think it's stupid. I, I hate it. So that's my that that's my biggest beef. I just I don't understand why we're playing worthless, meaningless games that no one cares about at the prime time slots of when people can come see them play. I, I, it... Yes, there, there's no question that 7 p.m. third place games the first two nights are stupid. So it's tentative. So if I just say can just tune in here and listen, come on. You, you, the idea is fine. No one's going to really I, – I think people are ready for change. I think they're curious. They'd like to see how it goes. There's no fault in that, what they've come up with. It's just I always feel like the IHSA is – working on some decent things and they just kind of just screw things up. It, it just happened again this, this week with what's going to be happening with the summer, June live periods. I just say screw that up too, but I won't get into that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's super weird looking at this and it's going to be super weird the first day we go through it. And I'm like leaving the arena at seven o'clock. Right. To, I guess, go write four stories that I have to write. Um, I mean, people go hang out at night, I, I guess, but 
I mean, and the only question is, is there any crossover? Are, do, are there any fans not affiliated with the schools who are diehard basketball fans who have been traditionally going to, whether it's the big school tournament weekend or the small school tournament weekend, do we have a crossover? Uh, is there a percentage of fans? And I'm just curious it, that just says, you know what, I'm going to go Thursday morning. I'm getting there and I'm staying till Saturday night. Very few. Yeah, I agree. At this point. And, and this is not to disparage one and two a Mike goes down there. If it's a Chicago area, but my question is, do you personally have a lot of interest in the 1A2A tournament? Um, the tournament, no. I always go the Saturday. I don't go Friday because it's sectional final time here. So I've been there the last however many Saturdays, and the crowds are about the same as the big school. So there's not much of a difference there. If, if anything, it's kind of weird because I watch teams that I've watched lose many conference games win state titles <laughs> and it's been very strange the last few years um so yeah I, I don't know i just they, they can't do it like this I, well, i've gone that hardcore against it now i mean I, I was never into it but the more hearing you talk and the more thinking about it you can't have especially for television and for i mean it, it's well rid- no yeah nobody's gonna see him it's ridiculous yeah by the time everybody gets home from work, it'll be over except for the games that nobody cares about. Right. And and, and people like and I go back to those people that, that talked to me about it or you know, commented about it. We didn't we didn't need to take off work. We just we you know, maybe we left earlier. Yeah. We we, now we left it. I checked. It's five thirty now. Five thirty and seven fifteen. So you leave a little early to beat traffic. Yeah. I mean make a two hour drive or hour and a half drive or yeah. whatever, you know. I just, I don't know. Yeah, the third place but, games have got to go. This, it's just ridiculous. I don't, I don't need some early morning basketball. Just let him go. Lose well, I don't this. like it either. But I, 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 I get why they're played. I know you hate it more than anything on this earth. And now it's mess, get, messing everything up totally. But I, but I get yeah. why they give the kids in the schools. They get down there and they give them a shot to play. You know, and, and this is maybe I'm nuts and crazy, and this is just my historical perspective that is so engaged in high school basketball in the state. Is we've had all these third and fourth place finishes <laughs> over the years, and for whatever reason, like I, I've, I don't know why I've always, and it's just me. I get it. Everybody out there listening is probably like, "What is he talking about?" Like I've always valued the third place. <laughs> trophy more than the fourth place like oh they went down there and lost two games or they went down there and went one and two back in the old days and eh. so I, well, and I now kinda, it's going to be bad again because it's the same day so they're well, going to now that that's yeah i mean that's when they were even lot if it if you can believe and, it they used and, and to be do worse those, yeah. and do those teams get to do they get to stay they do right you mean after they lose? After they lose, they go 0-2, and uh, they're done at 9.30. Why would they want to stay? Just the kids. They like to hang out and then stick around and maybe go to the games the next day or whatever. I don't like know. If if, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I'm a 3A, 4A school and I'm playing the consolation game and, you know, I get done at – I mean, geez, Mike, that, that – <laughs> 
That second game's tipping off at uh, nine. Yeah, but I, if I'm a high school right? basketball coach and I've am I right? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be super late. Yeah. So the game. Oh my god, that's stupid. And and that's those, if everything goes on schedule. It'll be more like ten. Everything games, gets backed up. The, the games could be done at 10, 11, 11 30. Oh, it'll be my midnight. Everything gets backed up. I mean, and do people like? Do they still do the dunk contest? No, they do the three point. And they got rid of dunk. I believe. I believe they did. Yes. Do people like it? Three point contest. Yeah. I'm always working. I've, I I haven't seen like, it in do people years. People care. I don't know. Because I get annoyed by watching. That's just me. I, I don't care. Yeah. I, I. It's great for the kids, but make it about the games that matter. Get rid of all this other stuff. Have it at the best time you can. Move on. I mean, yeah. hanging on to this three. It, it's it's ridiculous. Anyway, that's enough. I think everybody knows what we think. Um. We'll see how that goes. Regionals, here we go. In the future. Let's talk some regional action. Uh, for those of you that have uh, taken a look at the brackets, I, I, first I guess I'll come out and say it. I, I'm happy with, I've, I'm on record as this, I like the expanded better 3A, but I do think it's made regionals kind of lame. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're not as There's good not, as the last few years. Correct. Yeah. But that's 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 the way it's gonna be. That's your four class basketball. Yeah. That's that that's okay. But uh, I guess the first one Joe and I kind of agreed on that could be interesting is Bolingbrook at Oswego East. It would be a regional final game. Bolingbrook has Plainfield East, and then Oswego East plays East Aurora. Um, so Bolingbrook would be on the road against a talent, actually much more talented than I think most people realize. Oswego East team. Yeah, I mean they're they're a team that's. Now are they talented? They've won some games. They've got a little bit of experience playing in some bigger games. They won a regional last year. Uh, they, you know, Will Wolf transferred from Aurora Christian. He's played in some regional sectional games in his career. So it's a pretty veteran season group of guys that have played in some big games. They played in the sectional, lost in the sectional last year, and they're playing on their home floor. So, you know, matchup wise, it's all going to be. You know, when you play Bolingbrook, you got to somehow negate or limit Darius Burford. I mean, you just have to figure out a way to eliminate his transition baskets because in the open floor, he's a blur. And he can change a game in a heartbeat because he can go on a six, eight point tear, uh, open court, transition basketball, and boom, you can turn a tight game into a, you know, a three possession game just like that. So. Yeah, that's going to be a one of the well, we got it as one of our top regional games, and for a reason. And uh, they, they, you know, the Schultz was hurt in the beginning of the year, so they kind of weathered the storm in the first half of the season. Uh, he's their leading scorer, best player, Oswego East. So, yeah, that that's going to be a an interesting game for Bolingbrook. I'm and I'm, I agree. Obviously, I brought up it. I am pretty high on Bolingbrook, though. I, I was very impressed. I was at the win last week against Homewood Flossmore, and I feel like they are, like a lot of teams, it's when you want to be hitting on all cylinders. They were very impressive. They kind of, I feel like this Bolingbrook team might have taken a little longer to figure out who they were and how they play than the last few years, um, but I think they've nailed it, and Kai Evans was something else. Boy. Yeah, I mean, Oswego East here has gone uh Five and two down the stretch. Their two losses were to York by two points and Wabansi Valley by four points. So it's a team that's playing pretty well as well. So it's going to be a tricky game for Bolingbrook, a team that's a number 
uh, two seed. The other one we liked, I mean, how could you not like it? We could be uh, Dom Martinelli against Max Christie, two of the most productive players and most fun-to-watch players in the entire state could be meeting in the uh, main West regional final. Yeah, no, I mean, another two versus seven seed-wise. On paper and resume, and you break that all down, you tend to think, okay, Glenbrook South's going to handle them. Uh, just Rolling Meadows is young. They haven't really had that moment this year where you're like, okay, you know, they, they, they have taken to another level. But there's the Max Christie factor. Factor When you have the best player in the state of Illinois, arguably, on the court who puts up 25 or is capable of going off for 35, 40, uh, that's a dangerous position to be in for a high-seeded team. Rolling Meadows would come in there with nothing to lose. Uh, but Glenbrook South is just so fundamentally sound and plays a type of defense that I, I think could negate that a little bit. Um, keep him in check a little bit. He's going to have to be more selfish than he. If anybody's watched Max Christie, he's not a super selfish player, uh, and he almost needs to be more so, especially in a game like this. He's going to have to just take over for them to have a shot. And but Glenbrook South has just been dynamite all year. Yeah, very good point about Max Christie. I think that's something maybe. I don't think I've written and I don't think we've talked about, but he very much so goes with the old Tyler Eulis kind of Derrick Rose thing of in that first half, I got to make sure that my team, you know, gets hot and is hitting shots because we're more likely to win if everybody's playing well. And then in the second half, when he kind of knows what's happening, that's when he goes and knows if he's got to do it or not, or it's, it's that kind of thing. He is not walking out on the court trying to score 40 every night from the tip. Um, yeah, and, and 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 Glenbrook South, to their credit, have not. They don't have a bad loss all year. They haven't been upset all year. They're lo- all year long, and they lost to Power in Peoria, Notre Dame, uh, or, and Niles, Notre Dame. They're both Notre Dame three A giants. Kerry yeah. uh, Grove, who's twenty five, twenty six. I don't know how many wins they got, and then Evanston, and you know Evanston was by a point in overtime. Kerry Grove was by a point. Notre Dame was by four. Pure Notre Dame handled them pretty good. But so that's another – it just shows you that they're just so fundamentally sound that, you know, the upset has not even really been in, in the making yeah. all year long. Yeah, I don't see Glenbrook South losing this game. I just think it's going to be no. fun. Right. Um, Big next, rivalry, another one. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, also one. in the bottom half of the Elk Grove sectional in the bracket could, could be Evanston against Nutrier at Maine East – Everybody knows about the Evanston Nutria rivalry, and the last game I believe was close. Correct? I do yeah, it was, it uh, it was very close. I thought forty nine forty three, and that was their last loss. Nutria has rattled off a bunch of wins since then. I, I've seen Nutria a number of times this year, uh, and what kind of caught my eye was a game at the uh, the shootout at Nutria that they had, and uh, the War on the Shore. And they looked very good against the Oaklawn team. And, you know, they'd beat them by double digits. I think they play hard. I think they play together. And we haven't talked about Scott Fricke's job that he's done. They lost all five starters, or at least four starters from last year, I know, and got off to kind of a slow start. I think they were three and three or three and four this year. And 
they kind of righted the ship. They went down to Pontiac, tough, tough stretch there where you're flying, uh, not to Pontiac. They flew to Arizona and then came back and played at Pontiac. Really a tough stretch for them. Yeah. And they came out of that clearly a better team. They're playing their best basketball, which shows you with that that close loss to Evanston. You know they, it, and the Mike since Christmas they have I think two losses, all that time to Glenbrook South to Evanston. They lost to Glenbrook South by a point, and they lost to Evanston by six. That's not a team that you want to play in a regional final. No. And with the rivalry thing, I mean, that's almost guaranteed to be a close one, um, for sure. Next up, one that I think, I mean, it's, it's, once again, in the Elk Grove sectional, but it's up in the top half. It'd be Niles North, possibly, which is the eight seed against Schaumburg at Schaumburg, the five seed. Um, I, I not In my mind, Niles North's the clear favorite in this one, um, despite the seeds and despite yeah. being at Schaumburg. Right. I mean, Aquan's smart. I mean, it starts there. I mean, he is a a kid that can put his team on his back, carry him. And a lot of times that's what you need, especially in tight games, down the stretch, everything's on the line. I love to have that that factor for, for a team. Schaumburg, to me, is interesting in that I, I just, you know, complimented Scott Fricky at New Trier. And, and, and I believe... Uh, you know, Wade Heisler needs the same credit as Schaumburg because this Schaumburg team, I don't know what their record is. Uh, they won the Mid-Suburban League. They 24 and 6. 24 and 6, won the Mid-Suburban League, and it's not as a, it's not as good of a team as last year's Schaumburg team. There, there, there is a clear difference between last year's Schaumburg team, particularly the defense that that Schaumburg team played last year. It's still a very good team quality opponent here in a regional final when you got 24 wins but it's not quite the team of last year but that's a credit to Wade Heisler to get them back to this point with 24 wins uh conference championship and in position here in a game against a that's an underrated section we keep talking about the, the, the good games in it yeah I mean there, there's some yeah. quality games in that sectional pro I mean could have the best regionals of, of any game or any sectional. And, and it's got a couple teams in it, not to get too far off, but uh, out of all the 10 games we're talking about here, I'm least confident that Schomburg is even going to be there. They have to, there are all these 20 win white division teams that are going to give, that were way under in my opinion, versus some suburban teams. Taft got the 12 seed. They're going to be playing Schomburg. They almost beat Fenwick last week. They're 20 and 11. Um, they've got some incredible athletes from the football team there. It's not a, a huge, you know, this isn't like, uh, you know, how I liked Phillips who went down or we've seen that Clark team play well. Taft isn't quite to that level, but they know who they are. They're well coached by Jason Tucker. They're not going to be overwhelmed. You know, they just saw Bryce Hopkins. I, I think that's going to be a really tough just first round game for Schomburg, as I think Schurz is going to give Maine South all it can handle in the, uh, uh, top in this thing too. So watch some of these white division teams. We've seen what they've done over the last few weeks. Uh, next up, York and Morton in a regional final. Breaking news: Nate Shockey's back. <laughs> and <laughs> and just in time. Yeah, <laughs> just before the podcast, uh, Kevin Schmidt from the Daily Herald tweeted that out. He was following it. Um, Shockey's been under the weather, and we'll see if he's. It's always tough when you miss like a month. I think he missed. Yeah, he, a missed month. he missed five games. 
over the course of about three weeks, three plus weeks. Uh, you know, you don't know about his health, is 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 how fit he is, you know, conditioning, all that. I mean, anybody who's had mono, um, can kind of attest to how tough it is to come back from. Yeah, knocked me out for like six or eight months, Joe, <laughs> when I was younger. So six or eight months. Yeah, it hit. I I just it was just not myself. Um, I had mono freshman yeah. year in high school. Yeah, yeah took, not, took me down. I missed a month of basketball. Yeah, it's not good. Um, York. And more, oh, it's at Morton is the other problem, not just Nate Shockey's health. Yeah, that's 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 tricky. Yeah. Uh, at Morton is never easy. Yeah, just saw them a couple weeks ago. Um, they, uh, you know, this is a team that nobody really talked about all year, despite the fact that they played for what the uh, finished third at, uh, or I guess they lost the fourth place game. They had a nice run at Proviso West, and that was with, or they were in the title game. I'm sorry, geez. Yeah, that, yeah, they, and they got. The thing they can do, they can knock down shots. Oh, they can yes, shoot. Yes. You know, uh, Manny Rodriguez, uh, good sh- three point shooter. Uh, Gonzalez, um, I'm missing somebody else. Uh, Jesus Perez. Jesus Perez, the point guard. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a really good player. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got multiple guys who can knock down shots, playing in the comfort of their home gym. That that could be that could be tough. Yeah, we didn't even mention that the leading scorer is um, kind of an athletic under. Um undersized post kid um kendall nichols oh yeah kendall nichols, he's their yeah. leading score and that bogan game jesus perez and, got hurt really early and he's there he handles the ball the whole time so they got smoked in that proviso west title game but with him and with everybody um their record is a lot better than you think so it's going to be a challenge for york yep i would say uh next up this one is at lane um it would be simeon against oak park yeah i just wrote a piece online, a, I ranked all of the teams outside the top five. You know, everybody expects the top four seeds, you know, and the four or five games always kind of a toss-up. So I looked at some teams who were the most dangerous, basically six and beyond, who had seeds six and beyond. And I just really think the Oak Park, because of their talent level, also who they've played, I think they've kind of righted the ship a little bit at the end of the season here. They were missing some players with with injuries, so I, I just think that Oak Park is probably the most dangerous lower seeded team, and by lower seed I mean six or or lower of all the teams out there. You got Isaiah Barnes, Josh Smith, both bona fide Division One guys. They average eighteen apiece. You know, they've got length, they've got athleticism to kind of throw at Simeon that. That a lot of teams can't. So I, you know, I, I don't think Simeon's losing. I don't. But Oak Park is a, is a dangerous team as a seventh seed. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, preseason ranked, of course. And Isaiah Barnes, man, when he turns it on, he is dangerous. Um, as dangerous as almost anybody around. So that is definitely going to be fun to watch at Lane. That does it for our four A games. Although I, Lane. Could Lane give plays Oak a Park home, a game. At, yes. and they're at home. Exactly, and yeah. that that could be yeah, that's uh, not scary be one for Oak Park. Yeah, Simeon right. just has to get by Juarez, which not quite as difficult. Uh, so moving on over to three A, this one, I mean, I'm not sure it's quite to the level, but St. Lawrence has played really well at home in the playoffs. 
the last few seasons. And so the top seed Bogan is very, and I mean, St. Lawrence is going to have a tough game against Mount Carmel, I think in that first in the opener, but Bogan at St. Lawrence, keep an eye on it in that regional final, I think. Well, and St. Lawrence can score points. They go up and down. They play free and easy. They'll put up shots. They get it rolling. Now they, they, they have some of the oddest scores all year long of, of any team. I mean, there, there's some games where, well, they lost to HF by two. They were, they played Loyola tough, drilled by DePaul, drilled by Thornton. Uh, they they then they came back and beat Ignatius and Brother Rice down the stretch. So they've just been kind of all over the board all season long. Uh, but their danger in that they they they've played a very good schedule. Yeah, and you know they will be ready and prepared. And they they won the regional last year. That was obviously with Jeremiah Williams, but. They won two in a row, two regionals for the first time in school history. I think, you know, they're going for a thir- third one in a row. But yeah, that's going to be tough for them. But uh, they're dangerous. Another one that we're talking about is a dangerous team. I do wonder. I'm a little bit worried about how the CPS teams are going to respond to the long layoffs. And then you know you get the one kind of dead game like for Simeon it's against Juarez, for Bogan against Johnson, and all of a sudden you got to ratchet up to a level the highest level of the season when you've mm-hmm. been off for so long. And a couple of the coaches have expressed some concern to me that they've been off too long. The, the way the schedule went, it's gotten strange. Well, and I don't know what kind of, you know, you know, we'd say St. Lawrence is going to be at home. I would assume the crowd would be pretty energetic in their favor, but it also a lot of times it, it helps the, the other team. You know what I mean? It, it's much better to play in that atmosphere than a dead regional with, with, with not very many fans there. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like if Oak Park played Simeon at Lane, is that is that full? Ooh, no, it's not full at all. But right, I, I, yeah, I don't know. There's how a lot of games a, going on that night, so yeah. I don't know how big a crowd that would be, and just I don't know. I, I just those those atmos- those types of vibes uh, are a little. It could be challenging for a coach, yeah. I think. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about that. That's a good point. Um, next up is Hinsdale South. And we don't actually know. I don't have any confidence about who they're going to be playing. <laughs> it's Hyde Park against Kenwood. Could go either way. Um, but but yeah. I'll say whoever they play, Mike. Yeah. I think it's the the biggest potential early high seed yeah. team to go down. Without a doubt. I mean, it's especially if it's, I mean, it's at Kenwood. And that's a tough place for that, – that's tough for the number one team in the city to go and play when Kenwood's unranked. You know, it's kind of – we don't talk about their gym a lot, but it's an underrated – the kids come to the games at Kenwood, and it can mm. get pretty loud and pretty intense in there. And that's just going to be something. Hinsdale South is definitely going to be running into a full-on buzzsaw because also whoever won that game, is just it's a huge rivalry, Hyde Park-Kenwood. It's like New Trier evanston over there. So they're going to be coming in off this huge win against their rivals in the playoffs. Kenwood could have a home crowd. You know, this Kenwood team, who'd they just knock off? Evanston without Jalen Gibson. But they've also got size. Um, Hyde Park's got, you know, Jalen Houston, a really excellent uh, junior. Good, they got some other good shooters on that team. So that is going to be a really fun regional final. And Hinsdale South, which has a great record, got back in the Super 25, but 
hasn't quite been as tested as some of the other number one and two seeds, I think. Yeah, in my in my preview, uh, that's online as well. I this is one of the upsets. I I, I, I do think Hyde Park gets by Kenwood. Uh, I think they find a way. What what they do during the season? Who Hyde Park? Yeah, with Kenwood. Oh, um, I don't remember. Hyde Park was sixteen and nine, but they were without their second best player for a stretch. Yeah. Um. So they picked up some losses then. I mean, that, and and that's been a great season for you know, Hinsdale South. I mean, they they have, I think they have twenty eight wins yeah. for a program. People, you know, I know they remember Zion Griffin, you know, recently. Uh, but I mean, Brett Moore's done a nice job there. They won the last four years, 22, 21, 20, 19 games, a couple of regionals. It's a school that's only had four regional titles in program history. So this is, this is big for them. This is a big opportunity to kind of get another region. This would be their third regional in you know, five years. So, uh, it's just going to be a tall task to go into that environment that we're talking about and, to, to, to pull out a win. Hyde Park won at Kenwood. They beat him by 10, 71 61. Okay. And yeah. That was not too long ago. It was in January, uh, January 16th. So Hyde Park was 10 points better at Kenwood. So we'll see how that flips. Uh, next up, Richards and Hinsdale Central. Um, Richards picked up a nice win against Marion Catholic last week. They've been a team. We have spoken about them a few yeah, R- times. Richards and Hillcrest. Hillcrest. Sorry, what did I say? Yeah. Hill Center. Yeah. Hinsdale Richards Center. and Hillcrest. It would be at Hillcrest as well. So Hillcrest is playing well now too. Yeah. I was very impressed. Marquise Irving's back to his like self, and they didn't have Hamari Bowers in that Oak Forest game. I don't even know if that made my story. Um, huh. But he did not play, and they won at Oak Forest. So Hillcrest is looking good, but Richards is strong. I really like their guards. You know, Jones and Wines, we've talked about them a bit all year, even though I have not seen them this season. Um, but that could be a really, really fun one. Yeah, I, I, you, you know, you're, you didn't want to give up on Hillcrest because they, they play a very good schedule. Uh, but each time you saw them, you, you, you walked away. I mean, that last time I saw them, they, they lost a, a depleted Joliet West team. And... I just at that moment I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Can they figure that out in the next three weeks? And I think they they have a little bit. And they're you know Don Houston is used to March. Um, I, I I love their length. They're all a bunch of juniors. But yeah, I mean Hillcrest will will not have an easy time with the Richards team. That that um, it, it's been one of the. I don't want to call him over. Yeah, one of the overachievers, I think, of the year. And and overlooked. And with those guards, Hillcrest, man, they turn the ball over like it's going out of style. And that's going to be trouble against Richards for sure. So I can talk myself into that being a really, really close one. Um, and last but not least, if you head on over in 3A to the yeah. St. Ignatius sectional, DePaul Prep would be hosting Farragut. Yeah, I just I just don't think Farragut's a team you want to play. And anybody that looks at seeds, usually it's a two versus seven in a sectional. In this case, that would have been DePaul Prep Clemente. against Clemente, yeah. which I think DePaul Prep would have rather have gone on the road and played at Clemente than actually having to play Farragut. I just don't want to play Farragut in a regional final. You know, DePaul Prep's favored. They, they should win. But this Farragut team, 
you know, Mike's talked about their lack of depth. That that is true, and DePaul actually has some depth. Uh, but, but DePaul doesn't play real fast. No, but they, they can play at different speeds. I mean, they, you know, they don't. They're not ultra fast. No, but I, 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 I think though that there are two factors. They they're they're more talented and they're at home. But it's just a two versus six game, which is not normal than what they're accustomed to playing two versus seven. And and for DePaul, Brian Matthews, if you've been watching the numbers, has really come on, it looks like, yeah, the the last few games. And that's not something many teams can handle. Yeah, Um, big 6'8", 6'9", guy. uh, And they've got shooters around Matthews, whether it be T.Y. Johnson or Lance Mosley. They could spread the floor, stretch it, and I I like the Paul Prep. I'm actually picking them to win that sectional. So, and, and they got that all that seasoning from last year, that run to to Peoria last year in 3A. Yeah, should be a good one. All right, those are our regional games to take a look at. So now I guess it's time, Joe. Yeah, state um, tournament, <laughs> state finals. I, we want to do three A or four A first? Oh, let's start out with three A since it's our favorite. Um, we, hey, we like three A this year. Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, let's. I'll oh, just dive in. What are your two semis, Joe? I had uh, Lincoln going playing. Jeez, I'm pulling it up now. Morgan Sorry. Park. Yeah. Morgan Park. Yeah, I got Morgan Park beating Lincoln in the one semifinal. How about your other semifinal? Uh, I, um, I've got Lincoln also as well for read listeners, sorry, not readers. Lincoln's won four in a, 14 in a row at this point. Um, the rail splitters look darn tough. So that seemed like, even though I haven't seen them play a pretty solid pick and I'm going, I'm just going to go with Bogan over Morgan park this time. I think it's a coin flip. Like I think it could go right. either way. Yeah, um, it, it could. And I, you know, Lincoln's got the sectional at home, so I figure they can get it's a tough place to play at Lincoln and they get through there. And then my other sectional or my other semifinal, uh, again, I'm, <laughs> I sent them to you, <laughs> but I don't have mine in front of oh, me. Oh, um, we, we have the same Joe and I agree on this one. Notre Dame and Peoria Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, which is weird Two Notre Dame's playing each other. I figured that I, would happen just to annoy me in the story. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's extra, extra, extra yes. word you're gonna have to type in. I, I am. Uh, I guess I'm most confident in Notre Dame that Notre Dame will be in this slot than any other team in the tournament, four A or three A. Hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Pure Notre Dame's for real though. I mean, they, they they had a good season last year. Returned the bulk of that team. Uh, you know, they they've they've what, were they twenty seven and twenty eight and one. Uh, I think the storyline would be kind of cool just to have a Peoria team in what I think is going yes. to be the last last yeah. time ever played in Peoria. So that, that would be a fun game, you know, both those teams matching up. But, yeah, Peoria and Notre Dame. Uh, I got Niles Notre Dame beating Morgan Park in the state championship. And I have Niles Notre Dame beating Bogan in the state championship. But I kind of wanted to pick Lincoln. It's hard because I haven't seen – but who knows? I don't know anything about Lincoln. So uh, uh, Notre Dame title game. I don't. I don't players. think you like Lincoln. Rail splitters, Joe. I like I all names like that aren't big cats. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're not gonna like their the one two two ball press. The sounds like they, they, they shoot they, it well. They, they'll slow it down on you. 
Um, I don't think you like them. But yeah, well, we're pretty similar with our title game. I mean, we both agree Morgan Park and Bogan's probably a coin flip. We got the winner playing the title game. We got Notre Dame beating them. Yeah. So we go to 4A. There will and... be less agreement in 4A, everybody. I already know Joe's picks. He doesn't know mine because he sent them in. But yeah, 4A, I guess we have to start in bracket order where I didn't want to start. It's so hard for me. This... Is, is, is... All the listeners are like, I wonder if he has Juliet West. <laughs> You know, I, I do this, like, just what I think. I did my picks, you know? I got my picks. And my picks have Joliet West in the state title game. And Woo! I just and I just know that's not going to happen. Because I don't live... That's not my life. <laughs> you know, there's just no way. So, But you know, I'm looking at the teams they got to play and beat, and it seems so possible. I oh, mean, it's very possible. I, I mean, I picked them to win their sectional. And I think we talked about it on the podcast. And I haven't seen them play since... I haven't seen them play together you know, if anybody knows anything that we've listened, Pontiac, talked about, yeah. they've been very, they've been decimated for about three, four weeks and with, with injuries. I mean, really decimated and they kind of maintained, which impresses me. But then I just, you never know how they come together. You, and, you worry and, about Jameer Hill. If he's going to be back at a hundred percent quick. Enough. Yeah. I mean, he's hundred percent. This is also a team that won five games last year. So I, I just so it's not like they had this experience last year playing. Bolingbrook has played in a lot of big games. And which they looked like, good. Yeah, that was I was very so impressed. Yeah, I think that's a coin flip. Yeah. I picked Juliet West to win because I think on paper they're they have more pieces. Uh, but then I've seen Collinsville twice look great once, both on tape here. One time I looked thought they looked fantastic. One time, eh. So I, I went with Collinsville over Joliet West uh, in that super. So I've got Collinsville playing uh, in Peoria um, against. Uh, yeah, who do you have against? Uh, uh, Charles North is who you have. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you talk about the hardest route to pick. To me, it was that one. It was trying to figure out, not just like. It's not a coin flip between two teams. It was which one of these four or five or six teams gets hot and wins. Yeah. In the end, I had that kind of super sectional down to what? Glenbard East, Naperville Central, Cary Grove, and St. Charles North. I figured one of the four would come out. I went with Cary Grove, which, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I could see St. Charles North doing it as well. Naperville Central, I've been kind of impressed with. I've not seen them. Um, may, I might get out and actually do that this week, but. There's some of their scores and what I think they're we worth both, keeping we, an eye on. We both like guards, yeah, and guards in March, and I just don't think Central has the guard play to to go on a super deep run. So, uh, so in my pick, it would be Joliet West versus Cary Grove, and so we got two different ones. I got yeah. Collinsville. I have Collinsville beating St. Charles North. Yeah. Um, so then I don't know what to do there. Joliet West, Cary Grove. Joliet West would be the clear favorite. Against them, but I mean, come on, that I just I have a hard time fathoming. You also have a Cary Grove team with one sectional title in school history. history yeah, yeah, it would be. Uh, you know, DeKalb has a shot at, of making a run. Yeah, they really do. I mean, Saint of all the teams, the hottest is Saint Charles East. Yeah, they came back and what got a share of that conference. Although the only teams they lost to are in their are, way. are Saint Charles North. Yeah. So, yeah, the other 
Do we disagree on the next some both semifinals? We do. Also, I'd like to point out that Collinsville has lost three of their last nine games. Mm-hmm. Not great, headed on. Not in. great, and this is poor uh, reporting. But I have usually I always check with like injuries or if, if a team's fully healthy. You know, I have no idea if Collinsville. They could have a guy out. I don't even know. Yeah, but yeah, neither one of us knows. I, I've done no homework on Collinsville, yeah. which is probably dumb to put them in Peoria. But anyway. all right, the other side, the other, the other semi. Um, you know, I, last week on the podcast, I said that I wasn't going to pick them, but as it got down to it, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go with that experience. They're going to figure it out. I'm going with Evanston. You talk about a 180. Yeah. Put all your stock, bought all that stock in our yeah. stock report. Then last week, we had a, the, I, the replay button. I'd love to play it. I was out. Yeah, last week I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to pick them. Then I'm looking, and you know, I just, I am going to yeah. pick them. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I will not be surprised one bit if Evanston's in Peoria. I just think it's really hard to get to Peoria three years in a row without, like, overwhelming talent. Uh, they've got plenty enough talent to get there. I, I went with Loyola. I, I just... I, I want to kind of mix it up a little bit, and I, I, I think, you know, Lyle's confidence in going into Evanston and knowing that they beat them already will help them in it. But, you know, Lyle is a team that's they don't blow people out. They're gonna they're gonna play their style. They're gonna play their game. I just love what they do defensively. I think it's underrated, contesting shots and making people really work to try to score, and. You know, their guard play, if they could take care of the ball against Evanston. You know, Evanston's got a barn burner with Glenbrook South they gotta get through too. So that's gonna be tough. And then my other I, I went with um yeah my biggest flip of the coin and who I decided whoever wins this game wins the state championship. And I went with Simeon to beat Curie in the um uh, in the sectional final. Or super yeah, sectional final. But, but Mike, I mean, I think we both agree. I, 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 I guess you can give your pick here. Um, did you went the other way, or I have you? I have Bloom Curie, okay, in the super, and to me yeah. that's a coin flip, and whoever wins that wins state. Right, and and I agree, and it'd be the same thing with me if Simeon gets to the super and plays Bloom. Same thing with me. I, I think those three teams, I I really believe are are a. A notch above everybody else in Foray right now, and those three I mean Simon Curie and, and um, Bloom, and they all are in a collision course. You know the team we're not talking about at all is Whitney Young and DJ Stewart, who you know I just wrote about this. Simeon's road, I, I picked him to win the state title. I got Simeon yeah, beat. That, that's why I don't have him here. Yeah, right. I mean they got a tough. I mean, think yeah. about that Oak yeah. Park. Young, Curie, Bloom. I mean, that's after just winning the city. You, can, you only yeah. get to win so many games in a row against great teams. Uh, I was just so impressed, and I think I, I just like the amount of, of of like kind of the, in their arsenal now. Right now, they've got a, a lot of guys that are kind of factoring into this. I like that, and then Bynum has some takeover ability. So, but again, I. I went against what I really wanted to pick, <laughs> and that was Curie. Uh, Curie, they've been the best team from November till today, overall. And 
why I'm not go- going with that and just writing that through March. I don't know. I, 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 I guess there's still too much of that Simeon game, title game victory in my head. Yeah, so I've got Evanston against Curie. Um, Curie winning that and Curie winning it all. Yeah, so our picks are similar in that <laughs> we just have the, the, the toss-up games going other ways pre-Peoria. And in Simeon, I just I and I agree with your statement that Bloom, Curie, and Simeon are right now. I'd put Notre Dame really close. Um, yeah, I, I just yeah, for, I, I I do too. I just but yeah, those four. three are above and beyond. And Simeon, if their road, if they were sitting where Curie was as the number one seed there, I could pick them a lot easier. But it's just Simeon's road is just so difficult to me. It, one game pre-Peoria that you hope materializes and you would love to see. Like, what's the best matchup? Is it Bloom, one of those teams playing in the Super? The only reason I don't like that one is because of what we talked about before. I'm a big atmosphere guy in sectionals, particularly yeah. sectional. I love sectionals. Friday night sectional championships are my favorite. You know, No, I'm not really super – that sounds bad. I'm not really super excited about any of these matchups. Because Bloom Simeon, curious, it's, it's just. It's Pontiac. Feels Pontiac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got to be something that jumps out at you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the public league matchups no. in, in the state <laughs> tournament yeah. don't. They're ick. I mean, the Simeon Young game would be really good in the, what semi? In the sectional semi? Actually, the games. The games in the Elk, I don't like that gym. See, I'm look, I'm looking for everything. Elk Grove sectional. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Looking, I wrote out the brackets today, this morning, in my book. I wrote every single regional down in the three A four A, and I went through and made my predictions. And I, there wasn't a single game where I was like, oh well, I have to be at that game, which mm-hmm. is weird. Usually that hap- that jumps out at me. Um. For whatever reason, with just the way the matchups fell, you know that will probably change once the results coming in. But right now, looking ahead, there wasn't a single game all the way through to the state title game where I was like, "Oh man, I've been waiting to see that all year." I just didn't have that. Um, yeah, I. Which is kind of too bad and a depressing note to end the podcast on. But we need to right. uh, <laughs> we need to wrap it up. I'm sure the state tournament will provide us with numerous thrills. And things will be awesome. And we're going to have some underdog that I can't wait to see that is making a run um, that I ignored all year and feel super guilty about, <laughs> which is happens every year. It's a great tradition. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back next week when we're looking. Things are going to be pared down quite a bit. We'll be down to sectional talk. Well, I'll see you then.